Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue, or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a kook cast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. All right, part two, we gotcha. Last week, we released part one of the unwritten rules of surfing, which, side note, I just noticed while listening back to it, I kept calling it the unspoken rules. I don't know why I strayed from the title, but same difference, really. We're talking about the rules that no one talks about. Until, of course, you break one. And then I'm sure you have no trouble learning more about it from some nearby surfer in the know. They're not all here. You'll stumble upon a number of other rules in your life as a surfer. If you think of one we didn't cover, shoot it over to us. Maybe there's a part three to this series we'll record in the future. All right, let's go. All right, so let's pick up where we left off and um, the unspoken rules of surfing. I'm really enjoying this one. Um, You know, but we got quite a list here, so we broke it down into two parts. Yeah, this is a culmination of a lot of the stuff that we talk about on our episodes. Um, So it's good to just like nail it down. You know, we've been seeing some other accounts doing these unspoken rules and it it is. It's like it's vast. Everybody has something to add to it. And these are, you know, this list could have kept going if we kept focusing on it. But this will be a good a good secondary hit. And uh, let's kick it off. All right, so this one I remember from um, being a Grom. I don't know where I heard it, but someone said surfing's a sport of kings. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of based on a meritocracy. One, that's one thing that I actually love about it, is that you can't just be really wealthy and, you know, jump a couple rungs on the lab, ladder early in the go. Um, someone was comparing it to, I don't know the correct term, being an equestrian question you know like riding horses basically and she was telling me how you know what's maybe not unfair about it it's just what it is when you ride horses the people who have the most money can spend the most money on a really great horse and win all the events or competition whatever i obviously i don't know much about (laughs) riding horses but it was explained to me that having money makes a difference you know and you'll just never beat the super rich girl who and daddy bought her the best horse on the in the you know the place the farm i don't know where do you get a horse (laughs) but surfing is not like that you know the bummiest bum with the worst job or no job at all can be the best surfer in the lineup and it just it's a direct investment on your time, your experience in the ocean, and I think that's a really special thing about it. Yeah, the the equipment only adds to the, you know, the comfort of it for the most part. You know, if you're mm. on the right board for the right day, then it's a lot easier to, you know, fly down the line and rip a big cut back or get tubed or something like that. But then you see people on 
these old beat up boards that are just, you know, making it look so easy or just like wetsuit with holes, you know, and, <laughs> and it really, it, I, I do love that about surfing and there is a beautiful history of surfing and, you know, we always talk about in, entrenching yourself a little bit deeper in, in the culture and reading up some and, and having a clue, you know, we're such big big supporters and fans of the Surfer's Journal. I've been reading it for so many years and only in the last five years been a subscriber and it's it's really up my my knowledge of the art and the craft and the travel and everything that, that comes along with surfing. It's 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 a beautiful thing. And uh you know, it this this point of of better you know the best surfers out there getting the most waves is something that we wanted to touch on because in the first episode we were talking about lineup etiquette and taking your turn and then you'll be out there on certain days and it's like well this person is getting you know five times more waves than me but they're doing it effortlessly and they're not taking waves from anybody else it's it's their positioning and their knowledge of the ocean that they're picking up waves on the inside, on their way back out, one, you know, slides right to them, they take off on another one, and then they make their way all the way back out to the back, sit, wait their turn, and then they're on, you know, another set wave from the very top. So that's something we wanted to get into too. Yeah, I, I really do feel like there's a couple points to make about this Sport of Kings unspoken rule and I think one of the reasons it's unspoken is because it's really hard to put into black and white how this rule works like surfing's a sport of kings that means the better surfers get more and better waves like how do you put that in black and white it it, it varies you know depending upon the spread of your skill set between this person you're talking about and you know yourself for example uh, like basically yeah just it was you know, bringing up that whole lineup rotation unspoken rule, it, it, it kind of like almost sounds counter to that rule. It almost contradicts it. But then again, it doesn't it make sense that somebody who's put the most time in gets more waves. They, they should. They, they can't help it. They're in the position more. They're better. They're more fit. Their technique is better. So it would also be unfair for someone like a beginner surfer to ask someone with all that experience to sandbag it. Like, hey, hold it back, you're getting too many waves and I've only gotten two so far. It's like, well, that's not fair either. You know, like you have to respect the investment that somebody's put into a craft, into a sport, into a life and, and let them ha be rich in what they're rich in. And one thing I used to think about and say to people, and maybe it was a little rude of me, but I still think it's, it's, um, it's on point, is that in my life, and a lot of, you know, crossroads, I chose surfing. You know, there was opportunities to further go down the work road in, in this industry or that industry and, and make more money, you know, but in a lot of cases, or, you know, go on this surf trip and, and all these things. Um, and it wasn't always, you know, a job and money. It was other commitments or other sports in high school and things. But I always, I think almost always chose the surfing route. And so I put a lot of investment into surfing, and so I got better at surfing. But that means I didn't get further down the path of a job. I didn't make more money. I didn't climb the ladder in some industry I had been working in, and it reflected in my life. You know, like I got better at surfing, but I didn't necessarily get wealthier, richer in terms of money. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, you compare my bank account to someone else's bank account when I'm 20 years old and you're like, whoa, this kid's poor, you know? But I was rich in like surfability and knowledge and experience in the water. And so when you compared those same two people in the ocean, now who's the rich one? Now who had more, you know? And I just think it was fair because they should have more money. When they chose, when surfing or job came up, they chose job, they worked, you know? They got up and went to work. I got up and went surfing. <laughs> so like everybody has more of what they invested more of in. And I just think that for, as a life rule, that's, that's totally fair. And it kind of reminds me of what Joel Tudor said in his episode with David Scales, like this isn't like unique to surfing. It's in any world, you know, like you go to like the trade floor and who's like top dog, the guy who's been there the longest, you know, again, kind of speaking out of like my areas of expertise, but it's just like the general rule of who's the top dog goes to the guy or gal who's been there the longest, who's put the most time in, who's like climbed the ladder and worked their way up and shown not just to people around them, but to just the world in general, the universe that I'm committed. And when you commit yourself to something, you reap the benefits of that years long persistence and, and you know, commitment to it. Yeah, that was really point, poignant for him to be talking about just there's hierarchy in every part of our life, you know, and it's just a, it's just the amount of time that you put in uh, to that craft. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, I love that it's there in some in some regards, you know, and, and sometimes it's important just to respect respect that and sit back and watch watch a master at their craft you know there's there's just that's what we do if we're out there in the lineup and and the true pro paddles out and is really showing us what's what the potential is out there Mm. you know we're we're sitting back and and like give you know giving them the heads up to go on certain ways because it is it's a it's a really unique um opportunity to 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 learn something from somebody who's been doing it their whole life who really is at a, a operating at a whole different level you know and you, and you really can learn a lot from somebody like like that especially if you if you have the right attitude you know that's that's another beautiful thing about surfing is like you can find yourself in the lineup with a world tour surfer right there in your local lineup you know and that's it that doesn't happen in in other sports right yeah and i think one little side note on this topic before we move on that's important to bring up is just the the concept of generosity just because you have more of something than someone else whether it's money or surfability doesn't mean you can't be generous and i think that's how you balance lineup rotation and this coexistence um, because there's plenty of people who've been blessed by, you, you know, in different areas of the world with, from people who invested all their time into their job and got really well off and then took care of a family member or a friend and really helped them out in, in life. And so we can do the same in surfing. And that's where I think you had a really good rule. I don't know who you were telling or you just kind of brought up this concept of like give a wave away a session, you know. And I know you go further than just a wave. Like you constantly are like giving people the nod and and you could easily get so many of the waves you give away, but just being generous with what you could have as yours, rather giving it away, letting somebody else catch it, you know, encouraging them to take the wave is such a beautiful characteristic to have, not just as a surfer, just as a person. Yeah, I learned that from the the peeps in the Maldives, you know, the locals in the Maldives and and uh, 
you know, they, they have to manage their expectations and they have to really bring a good attitude into the water because they're having so many visitors come and and populate their lineups and and a lot of the times they're they're not really well versed in good lineup etiquette and that kind of stuff so you kind of you, you got to set yourself up for still having good sessions by having these little rules like make sure you give give a wave a day you know and hoot somebody into a wave and 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 keep things in in order you know mm. yeah that's that's um a pretty nuanced one, which is why this t- this episode is titled The Unspoken Rules, because there's really no way to write this stuff down. You know, it's like, uh, it's gray. It spans, a, you know, a spectrum of how this stuff works out. But I think, you know, just understanding these unspoken rules a little bit helps to, like, navigate the, the surf world. Um, all right, well, moving on to one that's... Uh, very popular with us is your paddling etiquette, not just your technique, which is obviously one of our top topics that we love to address and talk about. And and there's really a lot to such a simple thing, but your paddling etiquette in the lineup. um, One of the ways I'm thinking of is how you paddle out, um, especially through like a set that's coming in and surfers are riding them. Why don't you break it down for us, coach? Yeah, I mean, th- this is one of those those areas that I think a lot of a lot of new students, especially, find themselves getting into uh, tricky situations just because of not setting themselves up correctly in the first place. Like paddling out wide into into the lineup instead of you know lining yourself up directly with the peak and then paddling straight out to it. And then finding, you know, inevitably you're going to find yourself in the wrong spot with a surfer coming down the line right at you. And in in that regard, there a lot of the times there is nothing you can do. You know, you, all you can do is paddle strong and hard through through the wave and try to get, get out of the zone as quick as possible. But you can, your approach to the peak or if you're at a beach break versus a, a point break, it's just how you set up, you know, go all the way down to the end of the point, paddle out and into the lineup instead of paddling at a diagonal so that you're in in the firing range the whole time. Um, that's pretty much what we're talking about. And, and same thing at a beach break, you know, like I, you always, you know, you end up wanting to surf near or around people, but you a lot of the times you underestimate how much current or something's going on out there and you end up being way too close to people that you really you really shouldn't have ever gotten close enough to 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 be a a hazard in their way for their you know when they finally line up a wave at a beach break and you're just paddling out for the first time and right in the middle of the zone so you can you can really do yourself a big favor by just starting out wide and really paddling out out first and then over into the lineup yeah i think that question comes up pretty often for us with students and the member site um and people are saying the question is like what do i do when i'm in that situation where like i don't know which way to go someone's riding the wave and i'm paddling out and it's like uh you get this weird like every direction feels wrong 
And the answer is, is a little bit more complex. Like, you know, you were just starting to say, it, it goes back basically, like trying not to put yourself in that position in the first place. And while, you know, I think it's inevitable if you spend your life surfing, you're still gonna find yourself in that position. Minimizing that possibility is like your goal. And you can significantly minimize it by just how you approach your paddle out starting at the beach. You know, and rather than looking at your destination and thinking about it in sense of how do I get there fastest, you know, or what's the shortest way out, you should more so think like, how do I stay out of the way most of all? And it's usually the longer route. You know, you have to really widen and, and really change your approach to your ultimate destination to make sure you're staying out of the, the zone where surfers are. But that's like, that's a mark of a good surfer is not just like looking at how do I not paddle as much as possible, you know, but more so like how do I not get in the way? Because that is so sketchy to be in that position where, you know, the surfer's coming at you. And okay, if it's a good surfer, best case scenario is they're just annoyed by you and go around you, you know, and yep. you kind of lose a little credibility because now you're that guy, that girl that, that got in the way. Um, but life goes on, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's not terrible. But worst case scenario is you get in the way of a surfer who's catching one of their first waves, you know, or somebody who doesn't know what's going on really, or is just staring at their nose like we're telling all you guys not to do and not even seeing you there in the way. And them on the wave is obviously covering quite a bit more ground than you can scamper out of the way by under paddle strength. So again, just going back to the beginning, standing on the beach, looking out at your lineup and thinking, okay, how do I get out where I wanna go and stay way the hell away from the crowd? And, yeah, because uh, this is a great opportunity, this whole paddling out wide and slow and taking your time. This is when you really start seeing where people are taking off, getting a new look, you know, the conditions and the way waves are breaking are always so different from from when you're on the beach as to when you're in the lineup so going nice and wide and seeing how people are taking off and the lines that they're taking off at where they're sitting in the lineup this is like a really good time to 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 figure this out instead of just throwing yourself right into the mix and having to start your session out in, in like a hectic kind of stressed way as opposed to just taking your time and paddling out wide. Um, and then just, you know, we talk about on your way. So when, when you were talking, one of the main things, so you're either on the beach or you've, you know, we're, we're such huge proponents of figuring out how to end your wave in control with your board so that you can continue to just paddle right back out instead of have all this downtime. I think a lot of the problem is lies right in there that people aren't finishing their waves or jumping off their board and then they have all this downtime reeling in their board getting on their board turning it around and then you know they, they're just sitting ducks they they were just riding a wave they fell and then they never got out of the way mm -hmm. you know that next wave is coming through that same zone and um you know i think we don't find ourselves in that situation very often because we're completing the circle and we're we're finishing our waves getting down on our boards and not again paddling the long way around not turning and angling right back up the point mm -hmm. and, and going right back into the the surfing the surfing zone as opposed to just the paddling paddle out zone which is where the channel is and where the you know the unbroken waves are 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a, a good point because even at a beach break where the tendency for peaks and waves to be a little more scattered, um, there's still patterns. You know, waves are following sandbanks and and like dynamics that are that change. Yes, like sand moves and travels, but not so quickly that the very next wave is coming from a totally different place all the time. Uh, like, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Sure, those days do exist, but for the most part, waves are following certain patterns. So if you just stay in the same spot, you know, like jump off your board, take your time reeling in the board or hanging on that classic arm over the board while you're wading in the water, pretty good chance that one of the next waves coming through, there's a surfer on and coming right for you because if you just went there, someone else probably is. You yeah. know, having that that surf continuum closed circle, getting back on the board quickly, even if you don't have a good proper dismount, just being urgent about getting on the board and starting your paddling just gets you out of where a surfer just surfed, being you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not where a surfer just surfed, you're really minimizing the chances that you're gonna cross paths with another surfer. So it's just, you know, cutting down the, uh, the opportunities for this situation to arise. And then one of the last, you know, and it's you know there's so much to talk about in this this paddling etiquette zone but you know our our students are often asking us where where should i paddle should i paddle to the shoulder or should i paddle behind the surfer to the already broken part of the wave okay so right off the bat you guys need to start training yourself most of the time to start angling back and 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 paddling to the already broken part of the white water behind the surfer so that you're not paddling up and over the face as they're shooting down the line obviously there's there's times where it makes much more sense to angle towards the shoulder and paddle up and over the shoulder um you know what i main... find about that though sorry to interrupt you but like th this question comes up when you're in that position of like what do i do yeah and when you're in that position of what do i do getting out of the way towards the whitewater is almost always the call. Because when it's obvious, it's obvious, and they don't have that, like, I don't know what to do feeling, you know? Right. But when you're in that kill zone, that's when this comes up, like, go to the whitewater. And if you don't know, go to the whitewater. Just do that. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, start training yourself. Most of the time, you guys don't want to go to the whitewater because taking on whitewaters is really difficult for you and you get all sorts of beat up just going through a little, you know, three foot whitewater for a bunch of reasons, you know, like you angle towards the whitewater and then you can't get your board turned in time. So you have to just take that wave on sideways. And sometimes that's the case even for good surfers. You just have to take on this whitewater in a precarious way because you put yourself in this situation, you know. But most of the time, it shouldn't be that big a deal. And may, the main thing that we always talk about is really make a decisive decision so that and, and signal to the surfer riding the wave or setting up the wave that you're, you're making a move. You're mm -hmm. going parallel to the shore towards the, the already broken part of the wave. You're not just angling slightly behind the surfer. You're... You know, the way that Coach Chris and I would do it is paddle completely parallel to the beach, totally clear the surfer, sit, turn, and then take on that white water, and then it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it would and then that surfer riding the wave would see us going completely away from them and we would be out of the out of the conversation as to do I have to worry about this surfer right right that decisive move really shows the surfer what's going on so that they can you know move forward confidently rather than like focusing on you like trying to read your you know thinking and like what is this person going to do are they going to try and make it to the shoulder or are they going behind me just being super decisive about your direction but we have literally had multiple people (laughs) write in email or tell us in person that hey you know I did that. I went to the whitewater thinking of you guys. I deliberately went to the whitewater. I got rolled, but I didn't get crushed by a surfboard. And that surfer came up to me and thanked me and said, like, you know what you're doing, you know, and gave them props for making that move. So that's one of those moves that really shows your awareness, you know, your spatial lineup awareness. Like, you know what's going on, you know where surfers want to go and you want to stay out of the way. And like, I thought that was pretty cool that people came back to us and been like, hey, someone complimented me for like doing that, you know? And I I just wanted to let you know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you hit that because that definitely was on my mind. And and really this is one of my biggest pet peeves because you know, when, when you finally get a set wave, you know, on, on a bigger day and there's so many people on the inside of you and they're scared to take a, a set wave on the head and they're all running towards the shoulder there's nothing you can do as the surfer other than run this crazy high line gunning for the shoulder where all these other surfers are paddling up the face and you can't even ride the wave you know Mm -hmm. and it's happened to me in so many different locations all over the world and it's like it's it's a, a big it's a big problem these days like that people don't know which direction where to paddle you know you're already you're already screwed you're already cut caught inside you're not going to catch the wave let the surfer who's in position get the most out of it yep straight up well this next one uh (laughs) i've seen this happen a few times it's a little confusing but telling somebody to go on a wave and then dropping in behind them Like, no, I yeah. meant share. I meant go. <laughs> We're going to share this wave. <laughs> yeah, unless it's your buddy and, and you guys know that it, that you want to be doing party ways and switching, you know, switching back and forth, doing cutbacks around each other. Um, yeah, if you're giving somebody the go, you're pulling back and letting them go completely, you know. Yeah, just because they're quote unquote dropping in on you doesn't make it okay. Like if you're telling someone to go, that means go alone. (laughs) But this just reminds me of a really funny situation that you and I and Gavin had at um, down by Old Man's and those little go boaters, the little kayak pedal directional guys. (laughs) And this is not the situation at all, but I have to say it because it's so funny. And the dude, they're all friendly old guys sitting on their bums, you know, paddling around on these funny looking devices, catching waves. And they're obviously competent wave riders, but I'll never forget, I think it was Gavin setting up a wave in position on the peak. And the go boater just kind of paddles over it, position to drop in on him. And he goes, looks at Gavin, he goes, feel free to follow me if you like. <laughs> Basically, the mo- most polite way of saying, hey, I'm going to burn you on this wave, yeah, but you can still uh, come. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, they have a completely different understanding of lineup etiquette and, and sharing waves and all that kind of stuff. So, And it does. It changes with stand-up riders and 
goat boaters and foilers and, you know, long boarders versus short boarders. It's just, you know, this is tricky, tricky lineups to navigate these days, especially because there's so many different disciplines all in the water at the same time. But, um, you know, just just do your best and uh, communicate with people. That's that's one of those things that I th- that's another lost yeah. lost art in the in the lineups is like there's a lot of there's a lot of novice beginner surfers who aren't that comfortable confident out there and they're worried to step on other people's toes but they're also like haven't found their voice out there and to even say hey are you going left mm-hmm. or are you mm-hmm. going right you know and and like you know there's there's only so many waves out there and there's a lot of people so we should be we should be splitting peaks, you know, and getting the most out of them. And, and a lot of it is a, a little bit better communication and finding your voice out there. Mm. Well, we never condone ditching your board or bailing, jumping off. But every once in a while, like, there's a situation where you do it. When you should absolutely never do it is when someone is near you. Behind yeah. you, in front of you, next to you, just in the kill zone. Boards do crazy wild things, you know, in the wave and attached to you by the leash, getting taut and springing out and all kinds of wild maneuvers. So even if you feel like you're, you know, like they're not in an area where they, you can get them, just you got you to gotta take one for the team and, and hang on to the board, ride the wave out straight, whatever it takes. Just don't bail your board when there's people around you. Yeah, and basically don't trust your leash either, you know? Mm. Like, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, is if there is somebody directly behind me, I'm not a, I can't do it, you know? I can't comfortably just jump off my board, even if they're 100 feet inside of me, you know? I'm, I'm pretty much planning on my leash break, and the only time I'm really doing this, like, full ditch my board and swim under is when the surf is big, like, I don't know overhead double overhead is the is the only time that i'm really feel like i'm i'm at a i'm in a zone where if i try to hold on to the board like i could get hurt pretty much right right um or i'm on a bigger board you know and if i try to hold on to it then i'm i'm gonna get tweaked in some way shape or form but again we we talk about this kill radius of being like i don't know 20 feet in all directions of you um so that's that's a pretty big zone and mm. and a, and you really do need to start getting a lot more comfortable figuring out how to hold on to your board in 75% of the situations that you find yourself in if not more on on a regular day and if it's and if you're starting to push your limits then then you also need to make sure that your leash is up to snuff and you're able to hold on to your board or do these proper, you know, getting under waves techniques, turtles and buoyancy pops and press press ups, mm-hmm. like down pat, get them down pat so you feel solid and confident with them. And and you're better off like getting rolled into somebody holding on to the board versus you know your board just in the white water, flailing around, bopping people in the head. <laughs> Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> uh, that kind of kind of leads us into the next unspoken rule. You know, when you said like if you're testing your limits and and you know 
um, I feel like how do you know if you should be out there or not? So this next rule is don't paddle out if you're not ready. And, and the question is like, how do you know if you're not ready? And it's not how often do I hear someone be like, oh, I can ride that wave. I can ride that. Riding the wave, we say this a lot and usually in terms of like standing up and, and the beginner's mindset, but like riding a wave is the easiest part. You know, like, yeah, I, like we could all stand there and try our best to hold balance as we buck down a, you know, a giant face wave, but that's not what's testing your limits. What tests your limits is going through those waves. Yeah. You got to look at the gnarliest situation, look at the wave, the set wave impacting and put yourself there paddling towards it and ask yourself if you can handle that. That to me is the way to answer the question of, am I ready for it? And if you're not ready, if you look at a wave, like a set wave breaking, and, and you look at being in front of that wave on your belly paddling towards it and being like, oh my goodness, no way. That, that would explode me if I tried to turtle roll that. Well, then yeah. you're not ready. Don't paddle out. You know, this, this imagination of paddling out there and never being in that situation and only getting to ride those waves is not how you ask yourself, am I ready? Can I do it? And really think of it without a board. You know, think mm. about if you're swimming around out there because, again, leashes break. Even mm. good brand new leashes, you know, either it's either the the leash string that you put on wasn't quite right, or the or the or the leash gets stressed in a way that, you know, it wasn't designed to do, and and they pop, you know, and then you're swimming around out there, and this this all becomes a safety liability thing. Like you don't want to be that surfer out there who's a liability. So that coach Chris is talking about putting yourself in the worst case scenario. And then I'm doubling down on that and saying, think about that swimming around out there, treading water, diving under, you know, a freaking five wave set where you're only getting a couple breaths in between and, and think about, you know, do you know this lineup well enough? Do you know how the water's moving and how do you swim in under your own power? Mm, yeah, super valid. That's 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 how you ask yourself if you're ready. Um, okay, <laughs> this is a good one, and uh, we kind of did an episode based on this. Took a little uh, creative twist on it, but this is the more straightforward version. Don't turn your back on the ocean. Yeah, from from the get go, you know, when you're down, when you're right at the water's edge, that's when she'll start to to slap you and school you when you turn your back on the ocean that was like one of the very first things that our uncles told us in the in the water was just don't turn your back on the ocean and and even just when you're right there at the shore like you see so many beach goers turning around to get the photo and then boom get slapped down by a little knee-high wave you know slamming on the beach yeah, totally. I think we've definitely seen enough to make it a significant percentage of kook slams or kook of the day uh, videos or little clips of people getting surprised by a little rogue shore break wave, you know, just turning the back on the ocean and, and getting swept. Uh, and even if they're just kind of floating there in, in near the sand, you know, on their whatever floaty boogie board, whatever, if they're just floating back to the ocean, that's when you get surprised. So eyes always out there. It's just the truth. Like when, when we think about it, we're very rarely not looking out towards the horizon and judging what waves are coming. And, you know, waves are always coming at all these different directions. Uh, so you really, you really do need to keep your eyes on the prize and, and stay, you know, keep your wits about you. 
even on those days where it's really small and everyone's out there chit-chatting away like you guys need to be <laughs> you need to realize you're in the ocean you know and uh it's you're you're quick to get humbled in the ocean uh all right we got two more i'm going to reverse these last two coach because i feel like for some reason i like the conclusion that way but um Second to last one is certain spots are not longboard friendly. Ooh, that's a good one. That is totally valid, huh? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's some waves that a longboard really just doesn't fit in, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, we're talking more, more so like hollow, shallow beach break type of, type of stuff. And of course, of an incredible longboarder can make it work, but that's not really who we're talking to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you'll definitely be throwing f- red flags before even getting in the lineup if you're if you're walking out with a big giant longboard at a place where there's like nothing but body borders and short borders out there, and they're out there for a reason. Right, right. And I want to take it like, so I don't want this to become personal, um, but certain spots are not longboarder friendly. You know, like you as a longboarder paddling out, like you said, like even a pro longboarder can paddle out and make it work and they're not going to get the warmest reception all the time. You know, there's just, there's just something about that person who chooses the longboard craft at a certain spot where all the shortboarders are like kind of fired up and and you know usually these places are very fickle or don't work easily you know so when they're they're out there and they're on it they're feeling like oh this is a day for us and our shortboards you know and so you should be on a long uh, a shortboard too not on again your longboard it, it, it you know depending upon the wave and the the crowd but it's just Look, it's the unspoken rules of surfing we're talking about here. Again, they're not written down for a reason because they vary by spot and they, you know, how extreme or how uh, unwelcomed you'd be on a longboard vary. But to some extent, these this exists and for good reason. You know, you don't want to be paddling out on your longboard, um, you know, if it's not a longboard friendly day spot crowd. Um, yeah, and, and we're all, you know, we're after being like well-rounded surf, surfers, you know, mm. and, and wave goers. So you got to you gotta start learning some other crafts, you know, like, we just, you know, Joel Tudor comes to mind. He's known for his longboarding, but he surfs smaller boards incredible, you know, because he, he put the time in. And he realizes that you're traveling all around the world and there's not always just longboard friendly waves. Sometimes there's these spots that only only a you know sub seven foot board really really works there so right this kind of uh, reminds me of a story you remember our boat captain when we went to uh that really epic tubular point break on an el nino swell of the decade event and he's packing a longboard and i just remember all of us kind of being like wait what you know, like, okay, maybe he could, but it just, it just raised the red flags. It was one of the red flags that day that we were like, is this guy really qualified to be taking us here? You know, to be doing this. It was, it was one of many red flags that, that kind of sounded the alarm for us to be like a little uneasy about how things were, you know, trans, like transpiring in, in, in the world. And, and it just, you know, we were expecting giant waves, probably tubing, 
And here comes this longboard onto the boat. We were like, what? Wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah, basically the, the board's not going to survive. You know, if, if you make the wave, then it'll survive. But if you fall, if you fall and get sucked over the falls, like a, a big giant longboard is just going to get snapped into a million pieces, you know. And then again, you're, you're part of the, the liability out there and people are having to try to help help get you you know back to the boat or back into the beach or something like that so that's where it comes from Mm. all right last unspoken rule we have for you today is don't save it for tomorrow (laughs) i like that one yeah you gotta you gotta get out there and put the time in we're always talking about this and we're just firm believers in it it doesn't matter what what the conditions are and what the crowd's like and and it just doesn't matter like if if those words coming out that's the sign like to again give yourself a little slap put your suit on get in the water go body surf do whatever it takes but just get in the water yeah and 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 there's been times where i've said that and i thought to myself oh i'm i'm making the right call here because it's going to be better you know it's yeah. going to the wind's going to be better or the swell's going to be it's going to clean up by then only to find tomorrow the swell's gone or it's flat and yesterday turned out to be the way better day and now i miss both you know because i was thinking i'm saving it up so uh yeah yeah in this in this day and age of all this forecasting and you know all the all the green and orange and just like everybody's got an opinion on what what it's gonna do you kind of got to go back to the old school and just say like if if i thought i thought that was one of our our earlier points but it's just it's just so important you know like the opportunity any opportunity to get into the ocean is a you know is a blessing and is something not to not to pass on yeah yeah so you're right it actually totally works out because that was our last unspoken rule and part one's first unspoken rule was if there's a wave you got your gear you know whether small or you know shitty conditions just get out there and it's a nice it's a good way to wrap it up with kind of a full circle similar you know rule basically go surfing go surfing peeps and uh you know start putting this into practice just get them in your mind you know all these unspoken rules if you if you screw up in the lineup and you get scolded or you know go up and chat with that that old schooler who yelled at you out in the lineup maybe go chatting down chatting them up in the in the parking lot and and learn something from them you know there's there's a lot to learn and don't be too proud and and uh enjoy yourselves out there that's right we'll catch you next week peeps you <laughs>